0: Central division teams were in full dramatic effect this Saturday and Sunday with comeback wins. In fact, it's across the board all wins for central division teams, except when a central division team lost in a head-to-head game to another division team. To decide what game tops another is absolutely impossible because all the game's circumstances and in-game drama was unbelievable in, well, honestly, every game. The standings as well for the division aren't identical with more games played, but the Central Division team's positioning, given the results, absolutely stayed as it was since our last edition. Welcome to Central Division Hockey, the podcast. I'm Tony Gale. Team podcast order isn't great for the one Nashville versus eight Arizona division game Saturday. The only division head to head game coming up between three spot Colorado in first Nashville Tuesday. Of course, those rankings based on their points currently in the central division standings last edition i had put nashville first as they are in points off the top with point percentage division top team colorado second with nashville tied with the second best point percentage with minnesota while remaining first in actual points i kept those teams with the key matchup colorado and nashville tomorrow as where we would begin this podcast nashville avoids the trap game with a Nashville 4 2 road win in Arizona Saturday, even as team leading goal scorer Philip Forsberg is a late scratch due to COVID. It takes 56 seconds, and Nashville defenseman Matthias Ekholm joining the rush and driving the net to open the scoring. With Forsberg out, Yakov Trenin and Tanner Geno play on different lines. They both score late in the first. A beauty Arizona goal off an offensive faceoff draw where Clayton Keller takes it after the draw, drives the net, and Chelsea pass Nashville goalie UC Saros early in the third, cuts the lead. A key Nashville power play goal by Roman Yossi restores the three goal Nashville lead the controversy goal Arizona's Riley Nash in his first game after being picked up off of waivers by Arizona he high sticks the puck to the net front where Lawson Cross redirects it for a goal what happened is the goal review in Toronto isn't for the high stick prior but just to make sure that it's a good goal otherwise. And following the time that takes in the commotion following the goal... That the nhl took to review it nashville didn't get the opportunity to challenge the high stick prior to it that would have absolutely disallowed it that's a high stick nashville up four to two with over nine minutes still to play nashville coach john hines obviously is livid that he can't challenge the goal as he should be allowed to and delay sending his players out for the face-off draw and Nashville gets dinged with an additional delay of game penalty for his actions Nashville does get a big kill and still go on to win the game but given how a controversial goal by Arizona and a loss challenge led to a power play goal for Arizona that helped them win over Chicago in their previous game well can't say I was very impressed by the officiating in this one and yes Nashville kill off the power play for Arizona and go on to win but think of Nashville goal Saros' stats on allowing one goal against or two goals against how that's affected he lost the most for the year-end award Vesna or Hart Trophy consideration when those numbers aren't as good as they should be compared against other top end goalies for example in his goals against average and his say percentage stats Arizona outshot Nashville 40 29 and really Soros only allowed one goal not two while facing more shots on goal heavy workload quantity wise but not quality to be fair it also was a lone central division game that didn't have a team come from behind to win yet the team trying to make the playoffs did win and the team trying to finish last in the league let alone the division lost. so divisionally that's what everyone wanted results wise right Nashville 36 games played, 23-11-2 record, 48 points, first in the Central, a 667-point percentage streak, winners of four, goal differential plus 17. Nashville returns home to prepare for the key matchup with Colorado, and even under the five-day quarantine shortened rules, It means they play still without Forsberg. Spoiler alert, Colorado has confirmed a comparatively as key forward won't play for the same reason now as well. Nashville going 3-0-0 on the road trip when I thought they could go 1-1-1 having to play in Vegas and LA, where Nashville won both games, shows they continue to win above expectation. Colorado a 5-4 home overtime win to Toronto Saturday. While Toronto got up three goals early, I was thinking as Colorado's Nazem Kadri leads the Colorado team in points. The goal to assist night by Alex Kerfoot was strange as he is the player Toronto still has when Kerfoot and Barry, after one year signed and now playing in Edmonton, Barry is, went to Toronto in return for Kadri. And Kerfoot's 24 points in 33 games played isn't near cadres 44 points in 28 games played also kerfid playing up the lineup with matthews versus his old team with mitch marner out probably was helpful but it just reminded me of that trade a whole heck of a lot the late first period goal by nathan mckinnon was important likewise the team split goals in the second kale mccarr's goal his 15th leading NHL defenseman this season keeps Colorado within two down four to two going into the third Colorado's goals by Landeskog part of a nineteen-five shot on goal onslaught in the final frame on Toronto and goalie Jack Campbell the dirty below the goal line back pass by Miko Rantanen to set up JT Comfort for the game tying goal is just another night of Colorado's elite players being at their best and at home also, if not for Toronto goalie Campbell, Colorado wins this game in regulation. Colorado outshot Toronto every period and 49-27 over the whole game. Colorado pulled goalie Darcy Kemper after the first three goals, five saves, and Pavel Francouz in relief, allowed one goal against with 18 saves to study the Colorado comeback on the back end. Devin Taves with the overtime game-winning goal to win it. Colorado, 31 games played, 21-8-2, 44 points. Third in the Central, 7-10 point percentage, which is the best in the conference. Streak, winners of four, goal differential, plus 34 Colorado extended the team's home win streak to 11 games, so least expected comeback win given how good Colorado is at home to me. But it was against playoff-bound East Team Toronto, and why Toronto picking up a point or not, well, affects the Western Conference in no way as it is. Just nice to see Toronto lose to the Central Division again minnesota is alone lone west conference in playoff position team colorado faces at home through the rest of the month of january so that home win streak likely continues colorado's next road game in nashville comes after playing at home to seattle tonight colorado isn't anywhere as dominant on the road as at home but even if nashville were to win that game It's looking likely as the lone game Colorado loses all of January. Minnesota winning in Colorado or Boston winning in Colorado near months and even fall into upset territory category given how well Colorado plays at home. Monday, Captain Gabriel Landeskog was put on the COVID list so he will miss the next Colorado games including the important road one in Nashville. Colorado starts goalie friend Coase at home versus Seattle making Colorado goalie Kemper likely to play in Nashville with the back-to-back games for Colorado. That's the other reason Nashville has an opportunity to beat a Colorado team on the road and having to play on back-to-back nights. It's advantageous to Nashville that it's at least possible they can win. However, I'm sharing facts, not providing built-in excuses for Colorado if they don't win also because of editing this podcast it's going to be up in fact when seattle and colorado are playing tonight not as i had hoped prior to puck drop let's take a break and come back with a lot more on central division hockey the podcast after this
1: To earn advertised
2: APY. Hi. Close your eyes. It's time to discover what starting and growing your own business feels like. Whether your business is bed sheets or skincare or jewelry, Shopify's with you every step of the way. Hello. Now, open your eyes. Feel ready to start and grow your business.
0: Welcome back. Using point percentage, Minnesota is ahead of St. Louis, but in actual point, St. Louis is ahead of Minnesota, who had a 3-2 home shootout win over Washington Saturday. Given the key list of players at every position Minnesota had out of the lineup, Minnesota's comeback win deserves to go first. Any of the four teams atop the Central Division, for various reasons, can be given top billing justifiably right now and saying that. And even played scoreless first, Washington takes over in the second going up two, while Minnesota gets into penalty trouble, or specifically Kevin Fiala on three consecutive minors does. And given he is a forward that kills penalties, that's a bad combo to be sure. Washington gets a power play goal on only one of them. On Minnesota Ryan Hartman's delayed penalty, Marcus Foligno gets credited for a Washington own goal as they pass it from the offensive zone down into their own empty net. Fiela gets benched for part of the third period and then helps assist on Minnesota's late game-tying goal by Matt Zuccarello, 6-on-5 with 35 seconds left in regulation to force overtime. It's Fiela and Frederick Goudreau with shootout goals that give Minnesota the two points. And For all the talk of the shutout streak by Washington rookie goalie Zach Foucault, Minnesota goalie Kapil Kakinen in his second game after Cam Talbot's injury in the Winter Classic makes 29 saves, two goals against, four consecutive wins. Foucault had a shutout in his first NHL game. He, and I didn't mention him specifically, played the third after Washington pulled Ilya Samsonov the night prior versus St. Louis after three goals and the buzzer beater to end the second period. St. Louis scored in the third. It was a shorthanded empty net goal, while you guessed it, Foucault 7 for seven saves was on the bench that also kept Foucault's shutout streak going well after Washington's own goal on the Minnesota penalty it was actually the second goal Washington gave up while Foucault was on the bench but technically in the game and upon getting the longest shutout streak to start an NHL career for a goalie Minnesota ended it with 35 seconds ago was well just about the weirdest thing ever record-wise However, maybe it was Minnesota goalie Kakanen playing the puck after Minnesota tied the game, giving it right to Washington to then, with players from both teams closer to the open Minnesota net behind him, Kakinen makes a key save at the faceoff dot that helps force overtime. And given Minnesota without half its regular D group, notably Jared Spurgeon, Alex Golgoski, and Jonas Brodine, and their starting goalie Talbot, and all-star forward Kirill Kaprizov while TJ Oshie and Nick Backstrom were out for Washington. You have to be amazed at how good of a game it turned out to be without all the star power and another come-from-behind Central Division win to boot minnesota 33 games played 21 10 two record 44 points fourth in the central 667 point percentage streak winners of two goal differential plus 20 minnesota had more than enough injuries that had they lost to washington we would have given them a mulligan for having done so but they still ended up finding a way to win That keeps them point percentage equal to Nashville, as I mentioned earlier, but fourth in points in the Central Division. They have the fortune with games in Winnipeg and Edmonton postponed some additional days of recovery time before playing at home to Anaheim on Friday. After, next Monday, a full week away, and they play a key division game in Colorado. St. Louis 2-1 home win in a key divisional win over Dallas Sunday. A Dallas 44 seconds to the game's midpoint goal by Jason Robertson was all the scoring until the controversial last minute St. Louis comeback as missed calls go on an offensive zone trip by St. Louis on Dallas prior to Nico Mikola's hooking penalty was about the lone visibly clear not made call during the game prior dallas over three on the power play even without potentially an extra mid frame power play opportunity for what it's worth dallas defenseman yanni hakenpah's hook is a 50 50 judgment call in slow motion replay it looks chintzy but in real time it looks to be impeding a Good scoring chance for St. Louis. St. Louis get the game-tying goal by Ryan O'Reilly with 47 seconds left in regulation, and more controversial is the delayed penalty to Dallas' Miro Haskinen on the play prior to it. According to Sportsnet Elliot Friedman on 32 Thoughts, Dallas felt Haskinen was held and he went down going into the corner prior to then ending up sloshing St. Louis's Jordan Cairo in retaliation after. Kairos' stick breaks, but not before he plays the puck to the slot, and then realizing his stick is broken, drops it. You can't play using a broken stick. I don't fault you if there is a lot going on to keep track of all this. The officials apparently told Dallas coach Rick Bonus that Haskinen lost an edge and you have to see bonuses using his stick against the back wall of the team's bench leaving the game to know just how unhappy he was with how that game ended. Haskinen, being such a smooth skater that losing an edge is only realistic because of some type of interference to me, maybe the refs call both, but let's be real. The retaliation slash was a penalty, and the refs always call those. Therefore, Haskinen's penalty is a penalty. That's not disputable. But I think the argument of blowing the play down because Cairo uses a broken stick, even though Dallas didn't have possession, would have been the right call. That's what, as a Dallas fan, would be a reasonable, fair outcome. It doesn't take away the penalty call. But that also didn't happen. The play continued, and St. Louis scores. So it's a 1-1 game with St. Louis, On an additional power play, instead of if they blow the play down, a minute left, one nothing Dallas lead with St. Louis on a five-on-three power play. Maybe St. Louis still scores twice. Maybe once. Maybe not at all. Who really knows? St. Louis does stay on the power play with the game tied for Cairo to get the power play game-winning goal with 29 seconds to go two power play goals in 18 seconds to complete the unfathomable comeback going two for five on the power play st louis's last minute power play goals the only difference between the teams as one goal against 26 saves st louis goalie jordan Bennington was outstanding and dallas goalie Braden holpe's last minute two goals against 29 save performance was a near match in the dallas loss st louis 36 games played 21 10 5 record 47 points second in the central 653 point percentage streak winners of two Goal differential plus 28. St. Louis gets the big two points while giving division rival Dallas no points to keep pace with the teams at the division's top. And second in point St. Louis is, but with the fourth best point percentage of that group of four. St. Louis has three more of their current five game homestand to go, and they're 2 0 0 with Seattle coming Thursday, Toronto Saturday, and division rival Nashville next Monday. St. Louis is one of the division teams with a way better home record than their road record, 14-3-2 this year. The team was without team-leading point and goal-getter Vladimir Tarasenko, depth defenseman rookie Scott Pernovich, and Jake Wallman, who are all on the COVID list. That has forward Braden Shen and defenseman Colton Pareko added to it on Monday, today, as more very key players will miss time. Dallas 2 1 road loss in St. Louis Sunday would have, if they had held on to win, moved them ahead of Winnipeg in points in the Central Division while still having a game in hand on Winnipeg. The last minute collapse also was on the road. The area record wise, Dallas to have any chance of making the playoffs absolutely needs to improve. The day prior at home, Dallas put together a 3 2 home come from behind win over pittsburgh saturday who were on a 10 game winning streak a pair of pittsburgh first period goals giving pittsburgh the lead as they had an excellent start to the game dallas's dennis guriano second period goal cut the lead and with 501 left in the third joe pavelski ties the game that a minute 15 seconds later saw line mate rope hints grab a puck below the goal line and in the paint bring it back into the crease to tuck in the game-winning goal with his great hands no nhl team had prior beat another nhl team on a double digit win streak with less than 10 minutes to go being behind that dallas pulled off dallas goalie jake onager was stellar after allowing the two goals against making 27 saves to pick up the win the dallas top line and again where dallas play at home Leading to the impressive comeback that started the NHL Saturday game action. A definite precursor to the comeback wins that continued throughout the day. Dallas, 32 games played, 17 13 2 record, 36 points, 6th in the central, 563 point percentage, streak losers of 1, goal differential minus 2. Dallas stays a point behind Winnipeg with a game in hand, and the team's point percentage marks are within percent of each other dallas needed that road win in st louis big time dallas is home to seattle on wednesday then play back-to-back versus florida and tampa bay on the road dallas needs wins and the competition relative to where the games are being played support dallas winning at home and not on the road trend continuing at least for the short term Next week is when I'd expect Dallas, if they're going to, to start another win streak to near to or finish out the month of January. However, winning in either Florida or Tampa Bay would be huge, especially unexpected and helpful for Dallas's playoff hopes. Monday, the NHL fined Dallas coach Rick Bonus 25K for his actions on the bench in St. Louis. Defenseman John Klingberg also went public about his dissatisfaction with his inability to lock down an extension, as various recent reports confirm. What's known as Klingberg feels underappreciated, he's in the last year of his current $4.25 million AAV deal and wanted to sign long-term and stay in Dallas on a new eight-year deal that is quoted to be between 60 62 million. That would be just shy of $8 million per. 29 years old, right-hand defenseman also saw Dallas re-up on the younger right-hand defenseman, 22-year-old Miro Haskinen, long-term this summer on an $8.45 million per extension, while Dallas didn't get Klingberg's new deal done. The AAV per year doesn't seem to be the reason why the extension is stalled. Elliot Friedman mused that the long-term deals of Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan haven't, because of injuries, not play when healthy, not aged well. Although the even older free agent signing of Joel Pavelski has been a good deal in fairness as a counter-argument, Dallas doesn't have the cap space now to add three to $4 million per for Klingberg under the team's cap this year. But again, we're talking next year. And that's when both big-ticket Pavelski and the underperforming Alexander Radulov are also needing new deals for next year. So the money is there, depending on how you spend it. The core D group, except the young standout Haskinen, Lindell, and Suter, are locked up over the next three years. Only Haskinen's long-term, Yanni Hockenpah, for the next two years. And that had me musing the three-year term, for the 29-year-old Klingberg might be what the Dallas team would want to use as the D-group's window for trying to win. Friedman believes the contract term ask is the big holdup, and to me that's logical. Does that mean Klingberg gets dealt? That, to me, is on where Dallas is come the trade deadline. Dallas GM Nil would hold fast to not doing an eight-year new deal and agree that a three-year deal fits the Dallas team model, especially given Klingberg's age at 29, and that Dallas' future defenseman is Haskinen as the cornerstone defenseman. Klingberg will, especially as a puck moving top four right-hand defenseman, get near to the AAV and potentially a team would do an eight-year pact, but the hesitancy for Dallas to do it on a long-term deal with the age that Klingberg would be near the end of that contract is logical. They just maybe don't want to be locked in that long. Dallas's urgency to move him isn't there. If Dallas is in the playoff mix at the deadline, Dallas can keep him and still trade him in advance of free agency prior to it, still not losing Klingberg for nothing in free agency. If Dallas is out of the race, they could decide to, at the deadline, trade him when teams overpay for potentially adding that final winning piece. Just expect that GM Nils' decision is where Dallas is in the standings come trade deadline time. Dallas keep Klingberg if they still have a shot at making the postseason and wait till the offseason before free agency to move him is what I think happens. Jeff Merrick said, Carolina has always had an interest in Klingberg, and if you've ever watched those teams play against each other, it makes sense. It's like watching two similarly built team mirror images play each other. Colorado was named as another team Dallas needs offense I wondered if St. Louis wanting to add to their back end as it's rumored would retain salary for a Klingberg for Tarasenko one for one deal if you think of how good Bushnevich and Barbashev have been with Tarasenko maybe he could re-energize Dallas's Russians Radulov as well as the better of late Guryanov. Winnipeg, 33 games played 16, 12, and 537 points. Fifth in the central, 561 point percentage streak. Losers of one goal differential zero winnipeg play their next game in detroit thursday that is the team's only scheduled game as scheduled games before and after are postponed after colorado lit winnipeg up in their last game winning in detroit is a must and mostly winnipeg can just sit and watch to see if dallas does finally move ahead in points in the central division Two points in Detroit could put them back a point ahead if, as expected, Dallas went at home to Seattle the night prior. We'll take our last break and return with more on Central Division Hockey, the podcast, after this.
1: How would you like to come home to a bartender who will fix you any cocktail you want? I'll have an old-fashioned...
2: I'll have a margarita.
1: Now you can with the Bartesian Home Cocktail Maker. Bartesian is a sleek machine the size of a coffee maker that makes premium cocktails at the touch of a button. Choose from over 50 different cocktails, from classics to the most exotic premium cocktails served in the best bars today. You'll always get freshly mixed, perfectly balanced cocktails with the Bartesian Cocktail Maker. And now get Bartesian's best Black Friday deal ever at bartesian.com holiday. Entertaining? The Bartesian is ideal for parties. No need to stock all kinds of individual mixers for complicated recipes. Every guest gets the cocktail of their choice in seconds. The Bartesian makes a wonderful gift for anyone who loves a fine premium cocktail. Now get Bartesian's best Black Friday deal ever. It's available right now, only at bartesian.com slash holiday. That's B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N dot slash holiday for Bartesian's best deal ever. Only at bartesian.com slash holiday.
0: Welcome back. Looking at the third tier division pair of teams currently we know won't make this year's playoffs. Vegas put together a welcome back tribute video before the puck drop for Chicago goalie Marc-Andre Fleury in his return to Vegas since his offseason trade to Chicago. Definitely watch it if you haven't already. Chicago takes a 2 1 road comeback win in Vegas Saturday. Vegas does get the game's first goal. However, with one goal against and 30 saves, it was Flurry's night as he denied Vegas's 10 shot on goal advantage over Chicago in the game coming up big throughout the contest it's unlikely second period goal scores. interestingly after saying Jujar Kara isn't a guy last podcast to expect depth of bottom six scoring from on Chicago he puts away a nice two-on-one keep to tie the game and likewise a delayed point shot by Riley Stillman for his first goal of the year ends up as the game-winning goal for Chicago I had suggested the possibility of dylan Strom as a good center option between alex to and patrick Keane before the regular season started and we finally saw that as a line trio chicago needs to do that more the other thing from that time i remember was suggesting jonathan taves with kirby Doc on the wing right wing and i suppose dominique kubalik on the left wing as the team's second line i still think that line combo should be put together even though doc and taves can play center and seemingly that's what chicago wants to do chicago needs offense and it would help pairing doc and taves together and seeing as i was saying carl won't likely score had him end up on the score sheet i would like to name in this edition how for all the opportunity up the lineup center hendrick borgstrom's two goals so far isn't good enough in 22 games played for the 24 year old and he should never be playing more than third line time on ice likewise it's 29 games played for philip kurashev to have two goals and he just doesn't get going unless he plays top six minutes but absolutely hasn't done anything to warrant the coach giving him more time on ice so let's see if those guys seemingly find ways to get goals now that i called them out and while trade rumors of goalie flurry continue goalie kevin Lankinen isn't a good enough nhl starting goalie to be the team's only one that re-signing flower pass this year is probably the best option for chicago unless they decide to find another capable starting goaltender chicago probably trades flurry because it's clear they haven't any plan for going forward as other recent trade moves confirm. If they can get a first-rounder for him, that is a great asset. But Chicago really needs to find an NHL goalie that Flurry is providing when they do trade him. Or actually go in on a full rebuild altogether when they trade Flurry. Chicago, 35 games played, 11.18.5, record 27 points, seventh in the central, 397 point percentage. Streak, winners of one, goal differential minus 37 chicago took away two points from pacific leading vegas and that's exactly what chicago can best do upset pacific division teams as much as possible as the regular season continues along saturday is the next chance when anaheim comes to play in chicago however prior chicago plays in columbus tuesday and thursday at home to montreal that are also more winnable games And because they're against Eastern Conference teams, really, it only matters to Chicago who wins. Arizona's 4-2 home loss to Nashville Saturday, I talked about off the top of the podcast in Nashville segment. Arizona insider Craig Morgan had an article regarding the Tempe Arizona project not having the needed council votes to get approved. When it comes to information on that ongoing story, Craig Morgan is the best source for accurate information. Jeff Merrick of 32 Thoughts shared what is believed Arizona GM Bill Armstrong wants as a return for trading defenseman Jacob Chikrin. The comparable Merrick used was the Brent Burns deal. That was a top player at the time, Devin Sedaguchi, a top prospect, Charlie Coyle, and a first-round pick, Zach Phillips being the player selected. Now, Merrick simplified it best. That's basically a package of three first-round picks that, to add to it, is at a staggered spot in each player's development. Three assets, one you can play now, a top prospect that is near to playing within a couple of years and is already drafted, and another first pick Arizona will use to draft a first rounder with. That's fair value for Chikorin for me, although I still worry who is the prime-age defenseman leader to help all of Arizona's top defense-drafted prospects when you trade Chikrin away. Merrick said "Front runners capable of getting Arizona that package include Anaheim and L.A. Ugh, that I really don't want to see Chikrin go to a Pacific Division team, especially ones in the playoff hunt as it relates to the wildcard. And St. Louis given gm armstrong's knowledge of st louis's prospects let's think about that that would be like st louis trading say defenseman nico mikula one of scott pernovich or jake neighbors and a first round pick with arizona keeping part of chikrin's salary just this year to make the deal fit under the cap also merrick reported arizona getting interest in forward loss in naming Tampa Bay among teams that would like to add his skill and size as if we could name any NHL teams not wanting to add a player with those size and skill attributes. Kraus struggled last year yet on a worse Arizona team this year all in all he has been a pleasant bounce back surprise. To me Kraus also represents the best prime age forward player that best represents what arizona gm armstrong most values kraus is really the poster boy like chikrin and it's crazy arizona might get an offer good enough to deal one or both of them away and while the consequences to the rebuild wouldn't be noticeable right away it's quite possible that not having some prime age players now veteran players when the drafted players come of age is a worry here but while we're at it how would Clayton Keller look playing in Nashville of players Arizona ought not to trade Nashville has cap space and adding a top six forward to their group like Keller that wasn't a rental is something I have been thinking about even prior to the teams playing each other and Keller's great goal However, no rumors support this idea, but especially if Nashville was privately not thinking about re-upping Forsberg, Keller's younger age and cost certainty and skill, and his two-way play this year especially, is appealing. Boston's Jake DeBrusque is another forward who does want to be traded. That could be another good fit for Nashville. Arizona, 33 games played, 7-23-3 record, 17 points, 8th in the Central, 258 point percentage, streak losers of 1, goal differential, minus 56. Arizona has Toronto visit, then a home and home with Colorado. It's pretty much why arena and potential trade talk, then the current on-ice product, is time better spent on arizona i should mention friedman also mentioned arizona may want before defenseman chikrin returns to the lineup to make a deal to not risk another injury putting the possibility of making a trade at risk i just think right now everyone in the media is just really craving a big trade so it can be talked about instead of the COVID list and postponed games monday arizona coach Andre Turnier was put on COVID protocol list, so over the next few games, potentially, it will be one of the assistant coaches that will be looking after coaching the Arizona team. With the light NHL game schedule over the next few days, it's a good time to watch a team that maybe isn't your favorite team play this week i also decided to forego a pacific division update and i did one recently enough thanks for listening to central division hockey the podcast subscribe to the podcast and youtube page for free and follow me at Hockey on twitter for the latest
1: would you like to come home to a bartender who will fix you any cocktail you want i'll have an old-fashioned
2: I'll have a margarita.
1: Now you can with the Bartesian Home Cocktail Maker. Bartesian is a sleek machine the size of a coffee maker that makes premium cocktails at the touch of a button. Choose from over 50 different cocktails, from classics to the most exotic premium cocktails served in the best bars today. You'll always get freshly mixed, perfectly balanced cocktails with the Bartesian Cocktail Maker. And now get Bartesian's best Black Friday deal ever at bartesian.com holiday. Entertaining? The Bartesian is ideal for parties. No need to stock all kinds of individual mixers for complicated recipes. Every guest gets the cocktail of their choice in seconds. The Bartesian makes a wonderful gift for anyone who loves a fine premium cocktail. Now get Bartesian's best Black Friday deal ever. It's available right now only at bartesian.com slash holiday that's b-a-r-t-e-s-i-a-n.com slash holiday for bartesian's best deal ever only at bartesian.com slash holiday mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing chumba casino online i was only
2: playing for fun so winning was a dream come true
1: chumba casino was america's favorite free online social casino you too could have the chance to win life changing cash prizes